It is time for this week in location-based marketing. We are at episode number 81. We're filming this live between Asif and I on June 10th, 2012. On today's show, oh boy, the new Foursquare takes recommendations and Level Up raises money to compete. Google brings Street View to the knapsack. Denny's giving away a lifetime of free slams. Plus, our top funding stories, our resource of the week, special guest Jim Back, Director of Communications at Inrix. Phew, man, what a show. Can you believe we don't even get paid to do this. Live from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, my name is Rob Woodbridge. With me as always, apparently what is what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. That's right, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association in Las Vegas and representing the Toronto Blue Jays. And as you may know, Vegas is where the farm team is, the 51. So, hey, making it happen. Blue Jays, yes, of course. Uh, in Vegas, what, what you see behind Asif right there is the Wynn Tower, the main tower. And he's, uh, he's obviously there for a conference and uh, speaking as he does. Uh, I think that uh, we were on a roll there. We had you in Toronto for one weekend. I know it's not bad. It's, it's not, not bad. bad at all. And, and, and I'm like, and I don't even get back until like Friday night again because I'm going from here to Banff for the uh, television festival. So there you go. Yeah, but that's fun. The television festival is a lot of fun, isn't it? It is fun. Yeah. It is fun. Uh, being in Vegas yeah. is not fun. Uh, no, but that's what you're supposed no, to say, no. Asif, right? No, it's not fun. It's not fun. All right, we we have a uh, compressed time because of uh, because of your schedule. So we we uh, we should talk about this before we even get into these stories, which we've got some great stories about Sweet IQ. We've got some great stories, TJ Maxx, obviously some some stuff about Foursquare and uh, Denny's. Tell us about uh, something that you want to push, which is the June 20th event in Toronto for the LBMA. Yeah, so we've mentioned this before, but uh, our next uh, event in Toronto is called Checking Into Content. And so we're going to look at sort of the non-check-in, check-in, the idea of engaging with uh, other media, billboard, television, radio, online, et cetera, uh, based on where you are and, and, and that connection between location and media. Um, and so it's going to be a great event. We've got some good speakers lined up. Mediacom uh, is going to be involved with that. CBC, the national broadcaster in Canada. We're going to have some input from stopped.at, the online check-in service, so it, it should be really cool. Um, and, and just while I'm on the topic of LBMA events, we had a fantastic launch uh, of the LBMA in Montreal this past week, so I just want to thank everybody for uh, who came out and supported that. Uh, uh, looking forward to, uh, to our next events there as well. So that's it. This though, Asif, is that the June 20th event in in, uh, in in Toronto is free for LBMA members, and it's only 40 bucks if you're not an LBMA member. I don't know why you're not uh, an LBMA member to uh, to begin with. So uh, check that out. You just go to uh, thelbma.com/events. Look for the June 20th one in Toronto. Also in Toronto, well, you know what I'm going to push here. We are in. We are yep. two weeks away here from Untethered Talks. We now have confirmed 25 speakers for this event, including. Mr. Asif Khan, who is going to tackle the fact that uh, the uh, check-in is no longer, location is no longer valid. It's going to be fun. we got Amber Mack, uh, Damien Patton, the CEO of Banjo. We've talked about them many times. Whirly, the chief scientist for uh, Chaotic Moon Labs. 
Uh, we've got uh, Doug Stevens. We've got Yasser Ansari, who has been on the show as well from Project Noah. Scott Kavitan from Urban Airship, who's been on the show. Sydney Matrix. Uh, Janice Diner, who is brand new. We're bringing her in to talk about, obviously, uh, the social side of, um, of mobile and its impact. It's going to be great. June 26th, 27th at the Glen Gold Studio. Get your tickets now. We are going to sell out for sure. We, uh, we have uh, fewer than 80 tickets left, 80 seats left. So I would do this if you don't wait. Don't wait, because we can only fit so many people in the Glen Gold Studio. It's small. Going to be intermittent. Can't wait. Going to be a blast. I got nothing else to punch. So let's uh, let's jump into yep. it. What do you say? Top stories. Let's do it. Da, 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 da. Well, we're going to start off with the launch of this product called Sweet IQ. I do have a video uh, about this. Do you want me to just play the video and we'll yeah. see uh, what we can do here? But this is a this is a pretty interesting uh, piece of technology. So we're gonna play it. We're gonna come back, and then we're gonna have a little discussion about it. So here comes Sweet IQ. Today's consumers are searching for local businesses and products on all kinds of online channels like search engines, social networks, and mobile apps. So it's important that they can find your business anytime and everywhere. Customers are also expressing themselves by checking in, writing reviews, liking, commenting, and tweeting. And it's not always good stuff. There's just a huge amount of information to manage. As a marketer, it's your job to make sense of it and stay on top of it all. So your business outshines the competition. That's where SweetIQ can help. It uses machine learning technology to cut through the clutter. It will increase your online presence, improve your brand visibility, and drive customer engagement. SweetIQ shows you where you are listed and provides actionable recommendations that tell you where you need to get listed. SweetIQ alerts where they're talking, keeping an eye on reviews and social mentions. Most importantly, SweetIQ gives you the best opportunities to convert online engagements into in-store sales. Streamline your location-based marketing activities today. Sweet IQ. All right, see it seems pretty. Uh, obviously, this is this is geared towards a um, a, a marketer. This service is. Why don't Why don't you uh, kind of give a brief description? You know, we just heard the video, but that's the marketing spiel. What's your take on on the launch of this product? I think it's a great product. And first of all, I mean, uh, you know, you know, these guys were uh, front and center at our event last week in Montreal. They were the launch uh, partner uh, and key sponsor of, of our event there. So I want to thank them for that. Um, and, and, and they used the event to basically uh, make this announcement. And so the Sweet IQ is born out of a pre predecessor company called Get Me Listed. And really, um, this is the evolution. This platform really is the evolution of uh, tools for local search and, and local, uh, local listings. And so if you think about that industry, when you think about, you know, a business owner and, you know, managing their place listing information and all the local search uh, optimization around that, you know, obviously there's been a lot of tools and a lot of service providers in that space for a lot of years. But what's been missing is, is combining those services together with all of the emerging stuff around place data and check-ins and everything else from Foursquare and Google Places and Facebook, et cetera. And putting that all in one package that makes it easy for the business to have access to, you know, managing all of it in one place, having all the tools necessary to sort of control it and optimize it and aggregate check-ins and kind of, you know, look at the analytics aspects of performance across all, you know, all of those and look for opportunities to 
improve. So, so I really like this platform, and I think uh, I think they've done a good job of, of kind of putting everything together in one spot. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, uh, there are a lot of services like this. At least I, I think there are because they all use the same language around what they're talking about. So, but I like I like the way that they've done this. I'll put it put it up their website right now, which is like they say, look increase your venue presence, which is really cool. So it says you know see where customers are finding you and get recommendations on where you need to have local listings, which is really cool. I haven't seen a lot of that going on. Um, and it's actionable, manage brand and uh, visibility and drive customer engagement, which is basically how to close a deal when they're in store or near store. And, I, and I, so I like this. Um, but there are a lot of companies out there that are doing this, aren't there? Yeah, there, there's a ton of guys in the sort of local search and optimization piece. Um, you know, but really what, again, this is what we're talking about is local search plus check-ins plus analytics plus reputation management, plus all the things that go to, you know, sort of that glue all that together, trying to put it all in one platform. So I think, I think that's what they've done. Um, you know, because I think historically you've got to go and, and you know, do this by using multiple, multiple different providers. Yeah, and, and that's what, anybody who can make this easier um, so that you can actually get on the business of actually building your business instead of managing your social networks, I think that that's the best thing that you yeah. can possibly do. Exactly. That's cool. Sweet IQ. Go to sweetiq.com for more information. Great video. You can sign up to request a demo there. Good on them. Glad that they picked the LBMA event to launch the product. Uh, it just shows the traction that you're getting, man. I love it. All right. Second story. We each chose a story that we're going to rip. So uh, I think this is yours, right? TJ Maxx launching their mobile campaign with people.com. I think uh, this is an interesting one um, in the way that they've done this and, and what they've chosen to push through people, uh, the online version of people.com. Uh, so what, you, what is your take on this? So, so first of all, I'll give them full credit for uh, you know, doing something location-based, mobile advertising optimized based on location. I think everybody should be doing that. So you know, kudos to TJ Maxx for doing that. Right. Now. What I like about it is, is I can't understand any retailer or brand who in, in 2012, in the middle of 2012, doesn't have a mobile website yet. Um, you know, a big retailer like this, you know, with multiple, uh, you know, I mean, this is TJ Maxx. They own Marshalls. They own Winners up here in Canada where, I, where we are. They own a lot of stuff. Um, you got to think that they're doing this. So the fact that they're running these mobile ads on people.com's website, okay, that, that's cool. I think there's some good traction there. Um, the fact that you can, uh, you know, find uh, stuff based on your location, find the closest TJ Maxx store to where you are based on on the ad that you're seeing, and optimize around that, and getting discounts and so on. You know, that that all makes sense to me. Um, I just don't get that. Um, you know, the whole aspect of of not having a mobile website. Just that 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 part is is right. Neither do they have an e-commerce website. No. And their argument is is that the products vary from store to store. So. Why would we do that? Um, okay, uh, I, 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 think not, I think it's a missed opportunity. You know what? It, it's a uh, it's a complete missed opportunity uh, on their part. Um, and you know, they're, they're obviously they're targeting electronics, right? Which which is a unique thing. We understand that you know you've got limited space on a banner ad inside of an app like this. So people.com. And uh, you want to create awareness that you actually sell electronics, but just because, but it's it's a mix. It's not a it's not the right mix. Like you know what? I'm reading People magazine, um, and location based uh, uh, focus on electronics because I'm reading People magazine near a TJ Maxx store isn't going to drive foot traffic. And you know what? Quite frankly, 
the idea that that uh, that they don't have an e-commerce or mobile commerce play and that they're pushing people into the store and they don't have the right inventory or they can't push direct product based on where I am means that they're failing on all fronts. So good on them for getting into mobile, but this is a this is a this is not effective. This is not effective at all. Boy. You know, cuz there's context that people can add. Like yeah. time of day, like you know, you you can uh, um, if at my lunch, I I don't, I don't know. Like there's there's things that I, they can do. You know, I'm sure they're getting some traction with it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. But yeah. you got to think that they could be getting a lot more, right? You know, if if they actually had a mobile uh, Something. place to drive, it, as well as you know the physical location. Yeah, physical location is yeah. great. Like I believe that the, mobile is definitely something that you should be driving people to a physical location. But if you can't. If you can't at all, then then allow them to buy. Don't get them engaged, and then don't allow them to buy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't don't exactly. force them that way. And this is this is what's it, it's an odd thing. But um, TJ Maxx, I think you were a lot nicer than I would have been on, on the Massif, but that's okay. Okay. Hey. TJ Maxx launching their mobile campaign, and it's going to be a harsh reality for them. Uh, good luck. Good luck. All right, the third story. Uh, this is a this is a great one. We haven't even talked about Foursquare yet, so uh, you know we're saving Foursquare. But uh, the third story uh, is around Google Maps, and uh, I'm going to pull up a picture for this because this is kind of crazy. Who in their right mind is going to wear a 40 pound knapsack? You know, like for for Street View. I think this is this is one of the coolest technologies. But my go goodness, it it's, it looks a little awkward. As somebody in one of the comments said that I was reading at Engadget said, um, yeah, definitely not going to get laid with that on his back. <laughs> right? yeah. what do you think asif this is pretty cool great technology yeah, I, I think it's great that they're trying to fill in the gaps you know and, and take street view sort of off road so to speak um you know and they've also got their uh, i think it's called trike uh which is their bicycle version uh as well so i mean they're they're doing everything they can do in terms of you know mapping every piece of the planet that they can possibly map so i like it um it, you know Again, I don't know who's going to wear the thing either, but but I but I like the technology and I and I applaud the effort um, to uh, you know to try and uh, you know complete complete some mapping. Um, you know, there there there's a couple other pieces to this uh, to this announcement as well from Google. You know, beyond just the backpacking uh, piece that I can quickly touch on. So they've also responded with the, with this latest update to Google Maps um, with going uh, offline as well. I don't know if you saw that part. Yeah, Rob. I think that's great. So, yeah, so so basically, um, you know, you can look stuff up on Google Maps, and then uh, you can send it to, to yourself. And so when you're in a place where you don't have Wi-Fi or, or access to GPS, you can still pull up the map um, and uh, you know basically download it um, to to your device and uh, and look at it offline. You can't you can't zoom in on anything, but um, you can at least have that map there and, uh, and and look at it, which is which is a nice little piece. And I guess the third little layer on this is, uh, you know, Apple supposedly is uh, going to announce next week that they are officially dropping Google Maps altogether um, and launching their own mapping service with iOS 6. So, you know, I guess Google is basically ramping up and saying, hey, you know, we got we to gotta up our game on Maps here, um, you know, and uh, show Apple what they're missing. Well, they are, you know, uh, yeah, I think that this is a, I, I like, I like this, but just simply because I think that uh, they're doing a great service to this, um, to map all of these uh, places that you can map. They're talking about putting it on a, you know, on, on the knapsack and skiing down hills. So you get a view of what a mountain looks like when you're skiing down the hill. Yeah. And I think, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's frivolous. I think in a time and era, you know, I, I think that they have to maintain this. I see the Google car in Ottawa driving around all the time. 
And I've trained my kids to be able to say, Dad, there's a Google car. So we make funny poses and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're all over it. Um, but but it's one of these things. Is is it a distraction? And uh, and then you start to think about the local implications around this on commerce hey, and retail. Some family some families chase tornadoes, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We chase the Google car. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's interesting. I love that they push this technology. I love that Google does this, and I'm so happy that they didn't kill this project when uh, when they've gone through their assessments of of what projects to keep. Um, but they have to. They're, they're at some point going to have to turn this into revenue. But while they don't, I, I think they're advancing this kind of technology. And pretty soon, that's just going to be able to fit on a hat, like the old beer hats. You're going to have yeah, just yeah. cameras on your head instead. There you go. So I, I mean, I like this. You know, uh, as an investor in Google, I'd be a little concerned maybe because there's such a distraction. What if you had cameras and beer on the same? Hat? Wow, wow, my God. I just think they should yep. equip the entire planet. Be one wobbly backpacker. Well, exactly. But you know what? What's great about this <laughs> is that this thing has a uh, has a, a mechanism inside. It's built on Android, and it has a mechanism a mechanism inside. It's smart enough to understand the way that you walk and adjust yeah. the uh, picture based on your particular um, walking process. So, like, if you you if you have a slight lean or you have a limp, it'll adjust so it takes clear pictures. And that's the that's the stuff that's advancing technology. Yeah. Very cool. But I think that, in, you know, they're doing that, but they should just pay for everybody to, you know, buy everybody on the planet a GoPro, um, you know, head oh, camera, and then just stream it, stream it to the cloud. There you go. All right. All right. Google Maps, backpacking with Street View. Very cool. Uh, do you want to, do you want to attack Foursquare right now? Let's do All it. Right. Well, you know, let, let, let's talk about your favorite story. All right. Let's jump. Let, we'll, let's talk about Denny's for a second here before we get in. We'll finish with Foursquare. Uh, this is the fourth uh, story. Denny's is launching their 50 state challenge app. Asif, explain this to everybody because it's a, uh, uh, you know, on first blush, it sounds like a brilliant idea. And I'll explain in a second why I don't think it's a brilliant idea. So the idea is, is you know, it's summer. People are on, you know, uh, road trips across the U.S. Uh, traveling, hopefully traveling, spending money, helping the economy. Um, and, um, you know, when you're on a road trip across the U.S., you're maybe prone to stop at a Denny's. And so they want to encourage people to do that. And so they've created this 50-state challenge uh, called the Tour of America. And got, they've created a menu around this uh, uh, for, for, for the summer. And so basically you go, you check in uh, at Denny's. You can, you know, receive badges like Foursquare and other incentives, meal discounts, free menu items, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's coupons, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, that's all, that's all cool. Um, there's a local leaderboard uh, piece of this for, you know, people who've checked in more than others. Um, and basically what they're saying is, is the challenge part of this is, is if you are the first person to check in at a Denny's in all 50 states, you win the grand prize of free Grand Slam breakfast for life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and your mother said you would never amount to anything. There you in go. In your face, mom. Free slams from Denny's. All right. So you know what? On first blush, this sounds like oh, this sounds like a, a smart thing to do. And uh, I thought about this for so long. I'm like, yeah, this is smart. This is smart. And then I thought, wait a second. You know, I I, I I take my kids to Denny's. We call it the egg restaurant. I'm not proud, but it's a cheap place to get fast pancakes. Uh, but we go to that Denny's every time. Like there's one Denny's around the corner that we go to. We, you know, I don't I don't you know go to seven different ones in the city. I certainly don't go to different ones in different provinces or states. Right? Um, what about the loyal customer? 
What about rewarding the guy who comes in every day? Now, you know, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're rewarding a transient population. You're rewarding somebody who's floating around the country, a trucker, basically, yeah. who's going from state to state because it's going to be up there for a year. What about rewarding that person that checks in 50 times into your restaurant? That well, is more that, important. That's where, you know, there's no details in this, but I think that's where if they are going to do local leaderboard, that's that that's the only place where you can do it in in this current iteration of of their offering. So, you know, incent people to to be the local right you know champion as well. Um, you know that makes sense. Um, but give us give us give, the, give, the other part of this. Yep. Uh, Whereas, so if you're the first person to check in in all fifty states, you, you you get the thing. But you can also team up with other people and create teams of three apparently across the US and so if you've got a friend on the west coast and you're in the east coast and you got somebody in, in the middle you can you can you can team up and you can all go try and visit these things and if you're the first three a team to do this you you also get slams so hey you know what here it's like i've had a i've had a dream that when my kids are 11 or 12 maybe even 9 depending i will take them on a cross country tour of every baseball stadium i think every baseball fan has had this just yeah. go from stadium to stadium, hit all of the stadiums across the country. And you're going to stop at a Denny's on the That's way. That's right. I've changed my dream. My dream has now been changed to going to every Denny's in every state. God. And I will get the slam. I will get it. All right. Uh, you know what? Uh, first blush, sounds smart. Second blush, reward your local guys more so than the ones that are transient. That's the lesson here. Reward the people who are already your customers because customers are fleeting. They're going to go somewhere else if you don't reward them, if you don't keep them happy. All right. Let's stop. Let's stop ripping on Denny's. Um, and uh, good luck. Good luck on the Denny's 50 state challenge. All right. Last story. Uh, this is this is actually a good story. Uh, Foursquare version 5.0 came out last week. Uh, rumors all over 5.0. Um, this is um, this is big news for them because of uh, what they've done, uh, which is a complete revamp. W what's your take on this, man? Um, well, I mean, I think Dennis Crowley basically came out and said that you know when they look at the data, people aren't checking in anymore, <laughs> and, and uh, you know it's uh, you know there's there's got to be other value because we still have you know twenty some odd million users. That are using the platform, but they're using it to explore. They're using it to, you know, the other features of Foursquare, and um, so, so I think that's interesting to to hear him come out and say that. First of all, I think second is, you know, this this idea of focusing on recommendations now, um, you know, makes sense. I, I, you know, I think if we look at the three-year history of Foursquare and and its ilk, you know, the Gowalas and uh, Wares and everybody else. I mean, really, those businesses are about collecting all the, a lot of data about where we've been, what we've done, what our friends, you know, where our friends have been, and what, what our friends have done, and so all that data leads to the ability to make recommendations on things that we should like or places we should go, um, and I think that's that's ultimately where this sits at the moment, and, and I think it makes sense. It's just a natural, for me, it's a natural progression of of where it needs to go. I don't ultimately feel that. Foursquare is going to be the big winner in all of this in the end, but I think in terms of surviving, uh, you know, doing what they need to do to raise capital, uh, to continue to raise capital, 
um, potentially going public. I hope they for you know they they don't even think about that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, you know it's a good step. Let's just say that. You know I. Um, uh, I, I don't use Foursquare very often. I use it as a uh, as a secondary uh, tool. So if, for example, I take a picture with Instagram, I'll check it into Foursquare if there's a location, if, if it's relevant or path, I'll do the same thing. Um, so, it, you know, I, I really d stepped away from Foursquare. And, um, but I'll tell you, when it when it came out, I was in Toronto last week and I was looking, I was dying for, for some good sushi. Um, and uh, we were on King West. And, uh, you know, I basically said, listen, find me a sushi restaurant. Foursquare, do not fail me, Foursquare. And guess what? Yeah. On Queen, about a half a mile away, was this great restaurant that we went into. It was awesome. Checked in with that, saying, listen, it was a great spot on Foursquare. A whole bunch of people came back in my social graph, said, hey, that's our spot. That's our spot. You know? So I, I felt I felt compelled to say that it actually, it actually did help me find uh, what was going on. And big data like this, when you crunch it all together... This is huge because you've got all those recommendations. Yeah. And uh, I still think here, you know what? The perfect play for this right now is Yelp, Foursquare. Yes. Put together I one company, agree dominant. Agree with that, yeah, because I, I don't think that yeah. either of them are going to do this on their own. And they're not. there's nope. no revenue here for, for this kind of stuff. But what they've done, the interface is beautiful. They've taken away from the, 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 the check-in focus. You know, they've actually made it fat fender finger friendly it was very cumbersome before and and you know what the one thing that i saw um was that remember um they're they're basically what was their ping, pinging engine that they were using radar. radar they buried that somewhere i can't find it anymore yeah um and i think radar and save to foursquare are two of the greatest features this company could ever put out they've got a where is that where is that stuff that we need here maybe i'm missing it and if you find it if you know where it is please reach out uh and let me know because those were two things that i really 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 want to see i wanted to see in version five so cool foursquare yelp there you go somebody's got a foursquare 5.0 yelp get it done somebody buy somebody for and it, don't let facebook buy you but don't say no either take the money those are the five stories. Uh, you know, what do you think of those? We got uh, Sweet IQ launch, TJ Maxx getting roasted uh, by Asif, Google Maps and the and the knapsack from hell. You think books were bad? Uh, now that we've taken all the books and put them on a uh, on a Kindle or on an iPad, hey, stick a camera on there. Uh, Foursquare version 5.0, Denny's, their 50-state app. Uh, what do you think? Do we miss anything? Those are the great stories, Asif. All right, on to our special guest. Uh, we talk about big data, we talk about Foursquare, uh, and the fact that they've got 2 billion check-ins, and uh, they're going to crunch that data with your social graph and everything that your friends are doing and everything else. Well, what about automobiles? What about the big data that comes from automobiles, and what can you do with that? And with a company like Inrix, that we, we talked about them way back, they closed 30-something million dollars in revenue. I sat down with Jim back uh, a, a few months ago actually less than a few weeks ago and we talked about the impact that big data is having on a number of things and their focus really as a company is to get you from point a to point b faster and cheaper and they do it by data and uh, it is very cool when you take this huge amount of data that's coming off of all of these cars all of these devices and enable people to get from a to b faster so i'll uh, i'll leave it with uh, jim who is the uh, director of communications at inrix to fill in the blanks this is one of these things that gets me very excited when we talk about implementing big data and uh, into small screens. This is this is where the future goes. So, without further ado, here's Jim Bach from Inrix.
Certainly looking for leading indicators, economic leading indicators, right? So, you know, we have the Walmart index uh, for retail and we certainly have Amazon for uh, digital retail. Um, but one, one of the great things that you just identified is that, uh, you know, I, I'm in a high tech town. Ottawa, Canada is considered one of what we used to be called Silicon Valley North. We had, a, you know, massive startups and and uh, Nortel was based out of here, uh, and uh, certainly Cunix and, and RIM have a huge presence here in, in Ottawa, and it's a very tech-oriented town. But when the tech boom busted, uh, you saw it right away, right? Traffic was down on the highways. We, when you would go up to our, our technology center, which is Canada here, uh, you know, parking lots were empty. And that's how we looked at it and said, oh, you know what? we're still in this recession and then we started to see you know cars filling up the parking lot and it was a no-brainer we saw you know the rebound happening and, uh, and what you just said there you know when, when you're talking about traffic falling by 30 percent during the recession it's a leading indicator isn't it you know it maybe a blip on one day but if you're consistently dropping and then you're consistently moving up those are key economic indicators about employment and health and, and health of a city and a nation would you look at it that way exactly we definitely, I mean, we're finding more, more and more uses of our data in that sense. We're actually looking to do something just as you described, is to be able to, to publish on a monthly basis an indicator based on traffic conditions that gives us a sense of sort of what's the state or the health of our economies and our cities, right? Um, because what we found, too, is we look back um, and we looked at um, over the last couple of years, you know, the cities that were really hit hardest by the recession, so the Las Vegas, you know, the ones that really were heavy on the real estate market, you know, they're still kind of struggling, right? Traffic is not rebounded in those markets the way they have in other places. Now, places like Detroit, for example, that had over a 30% drop when the recession hit, is now actually climbed back quite healthily um, as a result of the resurgence of the automotive industry in that sector. Um, as we're seeing some resurgence in manufacturing and in retail, we're seeing those, you know, typical hubs also are seeing increases in traffic, right? So, you know, it definitely is an economic indicator. As we like to say, you know, when, uh, you know, if you're fortunate enough to still have a job through the recession, you don't have a lot of traffic on your commute going to work, but you know what, you're 401k and your stock portfolio is probably not doing so good, and vice versa when it's the other way around, right? So the one solace is you sit there in gridlock every day, you know, and you're like, well, the economy's humming and, you know, my 401k must be on its way back, right? So you could take that solace as you sit there staring out the windshield for a few it's hours. It's classic. It is. You know what? Well, at least I'm getting richer, as I sit here. Um, exactly. At least, you know, the, the time is money on some level, right? You know, <laughs> you know, you're losing your precious personal time, but hopefully your portfolio is helping make up for it. But, you know, the other thing that we're finding too, Rob, is really interesting is we're starting to uncover as we get, you know, our data becomes more and more robust and becomes much and much more accurate, is we're finding that we're getting interest in our data from places that we hadn't really like expected. What? So take, yeah. for example, um, we get an inquiry from time to time from, um, from hedge funds. These guys are interested in understanding what traffic conditions look like around big retail establishments as they're trying to get an early look at maybe what earnings might look Love like. Love it. Right? So take, you know, like a big box retailer, like a Walmart or a Home Depot. Well, if there's a lot of traffic around the stores, well, you know, they must be selling a lot. They're probably going to have a good quarter, right? So we get a lot of a lot of folks coming to us looking at this data for these other types of purposes that, quite frankly, you know, we mostly just got in the business really to try to help people move easier, you know, from place to place, you know, and spend less time, money, and burn less fuel doing it.
See, that's that's really, really is, is so interesting about about this technology because you know if we bring it back to the essence, which is this mobile play, it's it's enabling all of this, isn't it? The the pervasive nature of mobile technology. Now, I'm not just talking about smartphones, but I'm talking about in-dash operating systems like for uh, Sync, um, or I'm talking mm -hmm. about in-dash uh, GPS. Or I'm talking about even something the equivalent, uh, you know, of an NFC chip or some kind of RFID chip or something like that 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 really does enable okay. this uh, kind of massive mesh network to to uh, to gauge traffic and and, um, and congestion. But without all of this technology, you you guys can't do this. Mm -hmm. And and so I mean, over the last three years, you must have seen some insane change. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, the data side alone, right, I think we're just beginning to really understand what this data means in terms of the economy, the term, in terms of everything that we've talked about right now. But over the last three years, as GPS has gone from 6000 or $10,000 in your dash to, you know, $40 on my iPhone, uh, you know, the democratization of these tools has, has uh, you know, has basically um, enabled it for everybody, including things like Google Maps and including your own application, which you guys offer for free on a cross-platform. Like, th that change I don't think has ever heard of, that, that swift change. So what has that impact been on you guys for, for data collection, for, for the data, that, the big data that you're actually chunk you're crunching and, and the outcome of that data? Yeah, you know, it's really been kind of two two major things. So, you know, first off, I'll talk a little bit about automotive, what's changed. Um, you know, so what's changed and we're seeing in automotive is these cars are now becoming connected to the network, right, with a two-way connection, right? So it's not just able to deliver information down to the vehicle, but to be able to get information to come out of the vehicle. That has been a big change. So, for example, take a customer of ours like Ford, right? They traditionally have shipped about 10% or so of their cars have shipped with Ford Sync. In the next two years, that'll be a probably about 50% of their vehicles, and they're going to start rolling out Sync across their entire product line, right? So that benefits Interix from the sense when we think about the aggregation of data, and the more data helps our models do a better job of delivering more reliable, accurate information, you know, we're experiencing a network effect just based on them growing and growing and growing out that install base. Um, mobile phones, right? GPS smartphones. I mean, you go look at the forecast numbers. I mean, they're continuing to grow and grow and go through the roof. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, premium iPhone applications for navigation are offering our traffic. And so organically, regardless of us, you know, winning new customers or new deals with an automaker or a mobile app provider, our network is organically growing through our existing base just by the sake of the more and more technologies coming into these vehicles. And I know, you know, you, you want to really focus on the mobile phone and the small screen here, Rob, in this discussion. But, you know, what continues to come to mind to me was back in my ABU days, I remember sitting in um, some early meetings that uh, the company was having with Toyota Motor Company that, you know, unfortunately never produced anything substantial to date as far as what they've done like with Ford. But I remember Mr. Toyota saying in a meeting to, to Steve Ballmer saying, Steve, my competition is not necessarily the other automakers. My competition is the mobile phone. And I thought that was very telling. I mean, if you think about it, the car is quickly becoming the ultimate mobile device. It's the biggest mobile phone you'll ever have, and it, and it goes faster than anything <laughs> you've ever owned, right? So it is that bridge, you know, from when we, you know, you have connectivity on your phone or at home, you get in your car, you want to have that same experience in your car. You want to be able to access your information, and that information should be relevant and useful to you in that environment, right? 
And that's really what we're trying to enable is, you know, these guys that are selling, you know, still selling fairly expensive navigation systems and better navigation systems and cars, you know, they're competing with free on the mobile phone. How do they do that? Well, they're adding value-added services like traffic on top. And then you're seeing the mobile market quickly do the same thing. Um, so it is a bit of a, you know, there is a bit of this arms race going on to see who will win. The good thing for Interex is we're agnostic. Either way it goes, we figure we could deliver value to however the customer is going to get that information. Jim Bach, what can you say about Jim? Uh, I would implore you to go to Inrix, Inrix.com. He's also, or Inrix is actually participating. Uh, Kevin Foreman, is, uh, who's uh, works for Inrix, is participating at Untether Talks as well. Had, had, had to get that plug in there. Go and check him out. Uh, go to Inrix.com. The full interview is up at Untether.tv if you so choose. Uh, it is called Why Data is the New, New Frontier for Mobile Entrepreneurs. Just do a search for Inrix on Untether.tv. I really appreciate, uh, I really, really, really appreciate Jim doing this. All right, on to some funding news. Big dollars being spent, Asif, and this is all funding. No M&A stuff this week, all funding. First story comes from Event Up. What is this thing? They close a little bit of money? Yeah, 1.8 million. Um, you know, th this is an interesting play. It's kind of like uh, Airbnb or HomeAway. Uh, but but for uh, really high end uh, rental properties, the kinds of stuff that you see on uh, you know TV shows and movie sets uh, that get uh, get borrowed up, you know houses, yachts, villas, and all those kinds of stuff, uh, castles, etc. Um, really cool stuff. So you know some and some of the properties on here are like you know you've seen them on shows like Entourage and uh, things like that. Apparently, you know where you're, you're booking them. But you can get them for reasonable rates, like apparently a thousand dollars for uh, the book a house, or you know, uh, the, the price range is a thousand to ten thousand. So it's kind of interesting. Event up takes a ten percent commission, so I like that. Company's making money. Um, you know, one point eight million. Uh, Light Bank is the uh, is the backer of this one. So kind of cool. I like it. You can get a uh, nice penthouse, uh, Soho penthouse suite for uh, with for fifty people for twelve thousand five hundred dollars. I'll tell you. That we it, you know, for, for that guy who really has to impress the lady, you know, for the night. Hey, <laughs> it's worth it. Twelve and a half thousand dollars. Well, I mean, we we uh, we rented the Glenn Gould Studio for Untethered Talks, and um, and that cost us, um, uh, you know, um, a pretty penny. Although you can fit two hundred and fifty people in there, so uh, you know, you you pay for the quality. And I love the fact, like, yeah, this is cool because uh, it, they're unique locations. Yeah, and they've got over 3,000 venues already in there. So. Four cities, though. Only four cities. New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Chicago so far. Yeah. You know, Tuscan Villa. Vents up. There you go. 1.8 million. Nice. Good. Uh, second second funding, uh, Hotel Tonight. A lot of buzz around these guys, raising $23 million. There's a lot of buzz yeah, and this, these guys. And, and that's $23 million after, like, they've only been around for 18 months, yeah. right? So. You know they're doing well. They've got some good pedigree, though. I mean, these are these are guys who've sort of been there, done that uh, before, right? Um, so this money's coming from uh, Excel Battery Ventures, first round capital. Um, they've raised in total thirty six million. So uh, you know, so they got a lot, a lot there. Um, the uh, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Sam Shank and um, and Chris Bailey. Who uh, so Sam's the CEO and Chris is the CTO. Both these guys were at DealBase.com, so like I said, there's some pedigree there, um, you know. And, and this is really, you know, a mobile app that's last-minute hotel booking, 
you know, there's lots of them out there, but uh, you know, they're they're going after that sort of very last minute, you know, distressed uh, hotel inventory. I love expiring inventory. Any company that can help me sell one more room, fill one more seat. If they're doing this on hotel tonight, they should be doing this on restaurant tonight. They should be doing this on movie tonight. They should be doing this on uh, show yeah. tonight or game tonight. Something, right? Yeah, I like these guys. So Sam Shank, uh, Jared Simon, and Chris Bailey. I like that. That's a lot of money. Thirty something million dollars that they've that they've raised. And yeah. and you know this is a only a, 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 an app only, right? There's there's nothing yeah. here on the website. You need the app. Yep. Very cool. Twenty three million dollars. All right, alluded to in the introduction, uh, this is an interesting thing. Uh, Level Up closing $12 million. I think that uh, what's going on with Foursquare and Level Up and Foursquare and Level Up, um, this is uh, this is the spinoff or the service from Scavenger that is now obviously standing alone. This is Seth. Yeah, so th this is all about, you know, sort of their, their effort to uh, become a major player in the uh, mobile payments uh Ecosystem, money whenever emerging. Loyalty plus uh, angle around this. They've got about uh, three thousand merchants now, eight cities. Uh, you know, having started from just Boston, um, they uh, the existing investors are all basically re-upped in this. So you got Highland Capital, Google Ventures, Ballerton Capital, um, you know, and, and a few others. So. Uh, you know, and I think Level Up's making, you know, this is pure expansion capital. They're making progress. They're starting to get some bigger chains on board now. They've got uh, Johnny Rockets. They've got Ben & Jerry's. Um, you know, they've got about 200,000 people uh, using uh, the Level Up uh, platform uh, and apparently spending $2 million a month. So How many million a month? $2 million. Wow. Well, this and this is yeah. a far cry from when they they did their uh, they launched in in Boston, right? They just launched in in yeah, a few areas. Cool. Yeah, this is no square, but you know, hey, in, in terms of transaction volume, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah. But functionally, I you know, in some respects, I think it's better. Well, I, I think so as well. Um, you know, but Square is uh, Square is a facilitator, and these guys are also in the awareness making business. And I think that that That's, yeah. you got it. Yeah, so. level up twelve million dollars. We like Seth. We like what they. What, we've always loved Seth. We'd always love Seth to come back yeah. on the show. Um, but uh, Seth, come on the show. Let's do come it. Come on, buddy. Anybody out there who can reach Seth? We've we've reached out. Uh, we've tried to schedule him, but uh, we love what what he's doing at Level Up. And I think this is getting much more interesting. I think there's going to be even more consolidation. Can you imagine like a, a level up, four square Yelp kind of like, oh, that would be a killer company. Yeah, it would look like lots of egos. It would look like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be it would be messed. <laughs> and then, but if you throw in like you you do that, and then you throw in something like Event Up and Hotel Tonight in the mix, and it's like. Oh, God, that would be a company that you'd have like uh, five five CEOs of uh, various egos sizes, but that company would be it's like kicked. The Avengers. It, it is. It's like <laughs> location-based marketing Avengers. That is exactly what it is. There you go. Everybody fighting to be right. Tony Stark. Okay, those are the three funding. Come on, because Iron Man's the coolest. Um, those are the three funding items uh, this week. They're pretty cool, pretty di diverse. Uh, event up, closing $1.8 million. Hotel tonight, $23 million. And level up, $12 million. If we've missed anything, reach out on tethergmail.com or seif at thelbma.com. Let us know if you've received funding or if you think you should be on the show as a resource or you got a story that you want to tell us and share, reach out. 
reach out at those same email addresses on tethergmail.com or seif at the lbma time to close this thing off so you can enjoy vegas the heat our resource of yep. the week a this is a good one as usual it, it's an interesting one because you know we're, we're there's a lot of discussion right now about mobile wallets and payments and the conference i'm speaking at this week is is exactly about that um, and it, this is from a group, I, I'm not familiar with the, uh, the research firm, but it's called Car Carlisle and Gallagher Consulting Group. Um, and and the, key, the key stat on this is, is they found that uh, they surveyed 600 consumers and they found that 48% of them were interested in mobile wallets, but 53% of them said that they would prefer an alternate provider to give them that service than their primary bank. So they don't want, you know, mobile wallets coming from their bank, their existing bank. They want someone else to, to give it to them. And when, when asked who, uh, eight out of ten of them said PayPal. What? Good. Yeah. Six out of ten said Google. And five out of ten said Apple. Come on. Yeah. What about the, so, what about the credit card companies? Surprising data here. But you know the most surprising piece of that is is they don't want their uh, their primary their existing banking uh, company to uh, to provide them with that. They prefer to go with some somebody else. What does that mean? Yeah. But what about the credit? What about the stuff. what about the so, credit card companies? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 nothing about them in this in this data. So. And nobody chose their carriers, right? No. <laughs> no. Well, I, I don't know if that was on the list. Again, I, I didn't see the questionnaire, so. Wow! But, uh, eight out of, eight out of ten chose PayPal. PayPal. Wow! 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 I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm speechless. I am speechless. Yeah. But that, that's an interesting so, statistic. And, and uh, but I, you know, what about the credit card companies? Um, and uh, your bank has a lot of safeguards in there to be able to, uh, you know, protect you yes. from fraud, and theft. Wow. Yeah, and there's always those carriers, you know, that are trying to put it on the sim. So, anyways. Interesting, interesting stat. So this is banks face competition on mobile wallets. Um, you know what? This is this is going to be a battle that I don't think is going to be won if anytime soon. This is going to we're going to go back and forth on this, and I think that people will want them until they start using them, and then they will go away for a little while, and then people will come back to them when they're actually useful and functional, and, and uh, you can do everything from one wallet. So where where can people find this? Can they get this up at uh, uh, thelbma.com? Yep. Okay. So go to thelbma.com/slash/research. And it, uh, it'll be one of the stories there. Banks face competition on mobile wallets from this study. 53% of interested consumers favor alternative provider. Wow. If I was a bank right now, with this, with, with this torrent of activity that's about to come down the pipe from mobile, all transactions coming through mobile, um, I would be frightened right now. If they, as long as they didn't just ask eight people. Yeah. Well, it says 600, so I don't know. 600. 6 and 10 would use Google. 8 and 10 would use PayPal. And five out of ten would use Apple. And you're already using Apple. All right. Yeah. Well, that's the resource. Great resource. So, see if I love that this brings out, uh, you know, some kind of controversy. Um, and, uh, you know, your call that PayPal is going to be the dominant platform uh, for years to come. That's probably why you brought this story up, isn't it? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see Amazon on this list anywhere. No, I didn't see Amazon on this list. Oh my God. Anyway. Well, that's it. Episode number 81, condensed version. You probably appreciated that fact. Uh, we are uh, now well into our, uh, we're, we're cruising towards our mid-80s. 
if there's anything that we've missed here, please reach out on tether@gmail.com or receive at the LBM, LBMA. Show up to the event on June 20th in Toronto. Show up to the event in June 26th and 27th in Toronto. Um, we really uh, appreciate the fact that you guys stick around and watch these things and participate and comment and actually retweet and show the love. As we said, we don't get paid to do this, but we certainly love doing it. So please continue your support. We really, 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 really do appreciate it. Yeah, and if anybody wants to sponsor, let us know about that too. Yeah, we are accepting. Our audience is growing. The fact that you're watching it is a testament to the fact that our audience is growing. So now it's like you and uh, Asif's parents and uh, my mom. There you, you go. You reach those guys. Very targeted. And you guys can it have is. it. There you go. All right, Asif. In, you know, in... And, and hey, those Blue Jays finally got a win today. 12-4, <laughs> Ricky Romero pulled it off. That's right. Well, <laughs> go, go Jays. Anyways. All right, so listen, uh, Asif, uh, enjoy uh, Vegas. Next weekend is Father's Day. Um, it is going to be a, a another great show because this week coming up, we've got uh, the Apple with massive announcements coming up this week at their uh, at their conference, and uh, I think that that's all everybody's going to be talking about. We're gonna we're gonna do our best to bring you some non-Apple news next week, but I'm sure there will be a few stories about Apple. But until then, until we see you for episode number eighty-two, thank you guys for watching this week in location-based marketing. Be safe in Vegas, man. Thanks. All right. See you later, everybody. Cheers. Bye.